Thanks for joining me here on Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I'm your host, Karen Fabian, the founder of Bare Bones Yoga. I'm an experienced registered yoga teacher with over 15 years of teaching experience, a certified personal trainer, and an entrepreneur. My mission is this, to help you develop into a purpose-driven, confident yoga teacher, one who truly understands anatomy and how to share it clearly and confidently so that you can help your students learn and as a result, grow your impact and connection. I strongly support and value the uniqueness of all individuals and provide a safe community where diversity is embraced. Through my mentorship and signature program called the Blueprint Learning Program, I help yoga teachers build their skills in the area of learning anatomy, and along with that, help them learn important business skills and personal development ways of being that will transform them into purpose-driven teachers who make a big impact. On the podcast here, you'll get a blend of both anatomy learning, stories from teachers, interviews with others in the field, and a dose of personal development. For more information and to get on the wait list for any of my programs, see my website, barebonesyoga.com. Hi, everybody. Greetings. Welcome to Conversations for Yoga Teachers. I am your host, Karen Fabian, and this is episode 185. Wow, we are almost at 200 episodes of this podcast. I just had that realization, 15 more. Um, that's amazing. Uh, and I just want to thank you all for being part of this journey. I get um, emails from folks and comments on social media. Sometimes I'll have uh, just different phone calls and Zoom calls with teachers and they'll say, oh, I'm listening to your podcast. I just absolutely love to hear that you are listening. <clears throat> so thank you so much for being a listener, whether you're here for the first time or you have listened to many an episode before. So I'm recording this on May 23rd, 2022. And truth be told, last week I did two episodes, which is kind of rare. I usually just do one on Mondays. Uh, and today is going to be a brief one. Um, however, I want to stick to the schedule because I don't know about you, but one of the biggest things that always helps me when it comes to building a good habit is being consistent. And whether that's doing a podcast, whether that's eating healthy foods, going, uh, you know, maintaining an exercise schedule, yoga practice, right? Meditation practice, whatever it is, being consistent is so important. And, um, that just came to me as I was just reflecting on sitting here to record today. And I can definitely share, you know, I, speaking about exercise, have been a longtime runner. And this year, getting back to running has been really different for me, because I'm definitely, definitely slower than I've ever been. However, one of the mantras I always say to myself when I'm out running is, it doesn't matter how fast I go, it only matters that I show up. And that's really what consistency is about, right? So when you get on your mat and you don't feel great, it doesn't matter. It's just that you're showing up. That's the most important thing. You know, there's this quote, um, uh, 80% of success is, is just in showing up. I actually think that's credited to Woody Allen, be that as it may. Um, it, it's a great, it's a great concept though, because 
you know, think about all your yoga students that come to class, whether it's online or in person, you know, they had to push through a certain amount of resistance to get there. And that is success in and of itself. What happens after that is almost like icing on the cake. So just keep that in mind. If you're out there, you're trying to build some good habits. Consistency is such a huge part of it. Even if you're feeling like what you're doing is not fantastic outcome. Um, you know, one of the other, uh, there's this wonderful book, the four agreements and one of the, uh, four agreements is always do your best, uh, whatever that is for today. And so that speaks also to what I'm talking about in terms of what I tell myself when I'm running it, I'm just going to do my best and you can just do your best today, whatever that is. It doesn't mean that your best has to be award-winning. It's just more about showing up. So hopefully that's just a little inspiration for you as you begin your week. And um, I want to start out, this is a really special week for me because for the first time ever, I'm doing a workshop, but I'm offering it three times. So this is going to be a week for me where I'm teaching three workshops in one week. And I love this format because not only does this give you an opportunity, hopefully a better opportunity to join me live because you'll have three chances to do it, three different days, three different times. Also though, the format of this workshop is really cool. And it's one that I totally loved when I did last month, we're going to be practicing for a half an hour, and then I'm going to break down the anatomy and the cues and to break down the anatomy and the cues for the first time, I'm going to be sharing, uh, not only, um, using the skeleton, I'm also going to be sharing, uh, using some slides of muscles. So I'm going to get, um, I'm going to share with you the visual of what the muscle looks like that I'm referring to in the cue. So this is gonna be a really um, comprehensive way to understand the anatomy behind uh, some of the cues that I share in class. And you can totally now use these cues and maybe some of them are cues you have been using and you just weren't quite sure of the anatomy behind them. And I always, always say, when you can teach from what you know versus just teaching from what you're repeating, your experience, I promise you will be so different. You will feel so much more confident. You'll be able to change up cues on the fly. You'll be able to answer your students' questions confidently and enthusiastically. It's not BS, it's totally true. And I can tell you from the, the dozens of teachers who have been in my program, that's what they experience. The light bulbs go off and they tell me like, it just feels so much better to be teaching from that mental space than what I was doing before. So to sign up for this workshop, which is really these workshops, you could actually come to all three if you want. Uh, just go to my website, barebonesyoga.com and right on the events page, you'll see, um, you'll see the link for the workshop. And when you go to the workshop invitation page, you'll see it's got three different days, three different times. This coming Tuesday, which is the 24th, the next day, Wednesday, the next day, Thursday. And the times of the workshop are 10 a.m. on Tuesday, noon on Wednesday, uh, no, 6 p.m. on Wednesday and noon on Thursday, all times Eastern. 
So I hope to see you. I hope to see you at these uh, workshops, one, two, all three, if you're really motivated and enthusiastic about the topic. And, you know, I can tell you, they won't always be exactly the same. I don't script these things out. I do a little bit of scripting. Um, a lot of it, though, is just really spontaneous. And I have kind of a general framework of what I want to share. And a lot of it is really actually almost all of it is really driven by questions I get from teachers and really funneling those questions into content that I share with you in the workshop. And that'll, for my mind, that really makes it more about all of you and less about just me standing up there talking. I want it to be something where you can take away valuable information that you, you can use right away in your teaching. I don't want it to be the kind of thing where you leave the workshop and you're like, wow, that was really interesting. I have no idea how to apply any of this stuff. <laughs> so you will absolutely be able to use all of this in your teaching that day uh, if you have a class that day or the next day or whenever. <laughs> so having said that, let's launch into, I have two topics for today. Again, this is gonna be kind of brief. However, I was really inspired to share this first topic because I had a conversation with a yoga teacher last week and she's probably listening. So I'm, don't want to give her a shout out because I want to, you know, keep keep some confidentiality there. However, this is a topic that I've talked to other teachers about as well. <clears throat> and this has to do with kind of your headspace when you're teaching. And what I mean by that is, you know, imagine yourself right now, if you're listening and you're a yoga teacher, imagine yourself teaching class and imagine where your energies are. And think about, you know, if you go into class and you sort of have this metaphor of a gas tank and your gas tank is full, or even a metaphor, um, using the metaphor of a glass of water, your cup is full, your glass is full. And that's, of course, ideally the headspace we want to be in when we go in to teach class. We want to be nourished. We want to be rested. We want to be alert. We want to be centered. Um, there's a lot that we can do to get into that physical and mental space and we should do before we teach because you wanna go into your classes uh, restored and energized and focused and clear so that you can be there for your students. So once you go into your experience of teaching though, I want you to start thinking about where is your energy actually going? You know, Because in a perfect scenario, all of the energy that you show up with would be available and directed towards your students, towards your experience of teaching. <clears throat> However, we know that's not the case. And I certainly know when I teach, that's not the case. Although I will say that after many, many years of teaching and a lot of personal work and growth and development, I can honestly say, and I've never actually thought of this until this moment, but I can honestly say that probably 80 to 90% of my energy goes outward, goes towards the students, goes towards their experience and how I can be helpful for them. However, I can totally say that in the early days, I'd say 70% of the energy that I came with was directed towards me and managing me and managing how I was feeling. And over the years that went down. And now I'm at a point where 
the ratio has totally flipped and I'm almost 100% there for the students. Now, of course, I'm not implying that you're not 100% there for your students. However, if you were to step outside yourself and watch yourself teaching, and if that seer, as we think of the paradigm in the context of meditation, if that seer had access to both your mental and physical state, would that external third party see you spending energy managing your internal state? And I would say that for a lot of teachers out there, and maybe for you as well, the answer to that would be yes. Meaning you're worried about what people are thinking of you. You're thinking about how you look. You're thinking about how they're interpreting what you're saying, not from a teaching perspective, but from a judgment perspective. You're going through all of these thoughts in your head around how are you going to share the information that you wanna share in the cues. You're questioning if what you're saying is correct. You're wondering if your word choice is clear. You're wondering why that student isn't doing it, doing the posture the way that you want them to. You're wondering if they think the class is too easy or too hard or not as creative as you'd like it to be. You're wondering if maybe you should just shut up and not talk so much. You're wondering if you're talking over their heads. Oh, now you're just, you're not sure if you're in the right spot in the sequence, right? I could go on and on and on. All of that internal, all those internal gyrations is just leaking gas out of your tank. It's just leaking water out of your cup. And that's what I mean about how much of your energy is being spent on things that have nothing to do with your students and everything to do with you. You know, it's the difference, and I've used this metaphor before, it's the difference between taking a selfie and taking a picture. When you take a picture, your focus is on everything outside of you. When you take a selfie, the focus is entirely on you, even if you share that selfie. And I take selfies and post them on my Instagram. So I'm not shaming you for doing that. I'm just saying the focus is, look at me. And you know, sometimes the energy behind that in the context of social media is, is fine. You're excited about what you're doing. I mean, I was gardening yesterday and I had Ben take a picture of me and I posted because I love gardening and I wanna share my love of gardening. Um, you, I think, I think you know what I mean here. So I wanted to bring this up as a topic of discussion because, uh, and I say the word discussion kind of in a funny way, because you can't say anything to me right now. However, I'd love to hear what you think of this. So send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email and let me know. I mean, is this you, is this your experience of teaching? Because if it is even on a small degree, I want you to imagine what would it be like if you could flip that ratio, if you could show up and teach your classes and not have your gas tank leak, not have the water leak out of your cup. What if you could funnel all of the energy that you have, not in a draining way, but in a holistic way towards the experience of teaching so that you can truly help your students, so that you could truly connect with your students. How would that feel for you? I mean, I can only share for myself, of course. It feels amazing to me. Every time, and for the past two years, friends, I have not taught in person 
So I am getting these vibes and feelings completely from teaching online. And it's, it's somewhat different. However, it's not all that different. And quite honestly, I have some of the most amazing conversations with, with students and teachers who are in my classes, students as well, uh, that I never had. The quality of some of the conversations I have is so much more in depth. And I think the, the Zoom format in some weird way kind of facilitates that. So I guess my point is you don't have to be in person with people to have this kind of experience as a teacher. And I can just say for myself, it is just, it so lights me up and so makes me feel like I'm exactly doing what I was designed to do. It is my dharma to teach. It is my dharma to train yoga teachers, you know? And, and I don't say that in an egotistical way. I say it in a way that just reflects the, the vibe and the feeling that I get when I do it. And that's what I want for you. And, and the amalgam, the combination of things that, that go into that are not just the holistic things like meditation and personal development. A lot of it is the skills, the techniques, the, the specific tactical things that um, we need to have within us as teachers so that we can go into a classroom, so that we can open our laptops to teach an online class and be able to, to have our camera on camera mode and not selfie mode. So I wanted to bring that up, I mean, really as a point of conversation, as something to think about. And you know what you could do to sort of test this theory out is, after you teach your next class, sit down with a journal and be the seer. Do it right after you teach. Be the seer and write down. If, if you are observing yourself teaching the class you just taught and you had access as that third party to both how you felt and what you were doing, right? Were you playing with your clothing? Were you fiddling with the music? Were you teaching from the back of the class? Were you, if you were teaching online, were you um, practicing as the way to avoid standing there so your students could see you? And write down all your observations. And because as the seer, you also have access to feelings. So write down how you felt. I felt really self-conscious. I felt really nervous. I felt like I couldn't find my words clearly. I felt like I was wondering if they were getting what I was asking them to do, like write all that down and then give yourself, I hate to say this, but give yourself a score, not a score from a competency perspective, but more uh, um, a way to kind of use that ratio. How much of your 100% energy level was focused on them and, fo and then how much was focused on you? And if your ratio is... <laughs> you know, some like, something like 60 to 70% on you and 30 to 40% on them, well, you know, you've got some work to do there. And then from there, you can start to write out some steps of, of actions you want to take. So that's topic number one. I wanted to bring that up. I was inspired after a conversation I had late last week, and, and I have heard of this scenario, this situation uh, from other teachers as well. So I thought that would be valuable to share.
So let me know, send me a DM, send me an email, let me know if this resonates with you. <clears throat> now, the next thing I wanna do is just briefly reiterate, I've talked about this topic, this teaching topic before, and I think this sort of ties in nicely with what, what we're talking about here. I wanna just reiterate um, frameworks for teaching. And this really gets to the cues. So this is really tactical. So I like to sort of juxtapose in these episodes, sort of a mindset theme with a tactical theme, because I, I think it's, it's really important to really cover both. I mean, we want the mindset conversation because as teachers, we need to go deep. We need to peel back the layers. We need to understand how we operate because teaching is a really personal growth type experience when you teach yoga. It's not just about the tactics. Um, however, we need the skills. You know, I always say if you go to workshops and they're great, but they don't give you any skills and you leave feeling really inspired, well, that's great, but inspiration only gets you so far. You need the tactics and the strategies and the skills to be able to be an effective teacher as well as the mindset piece. So today, from the skill set perspective, let's take a look at frameworks for teaching. And frameworks really come after we understand the types of cues. So when we look at the types of cues, and I've shared these before in workshops, maybe you've been at one of my workshops where I've talked about frame, uh, talked about cue types. There are four types of cues, action, alignment, anatomy, and feeling-based or somatic cues. Action cues are just what they say. They are action words only, reach up, root down, hug your legs together, um, straighten your leg, squeeze your thigh, action words, easy to understand. Alignment cues speak to the shape, knee over ankle, lean to the side, center your hips. Anatomy cues speak to the anatomy, contract your back thigh to engage your quadriceps, squeeze your shoulder blades together, bring them closer to your spine, see if you notice your rhomboids, those are the muscles that do that. Can you um, activate the muscle in the center line of your core, the rectus abdominis by pulling the belly button in. So those are examples of anatomy-based cues. Now you don't always have to use the muscle name. Sometimes you're not literally sharing the anatomy, but you're sharing an anatomy cue that speaks to the action, the concentric action of the muscle. And then the last one is feeling-based. Not so much you should be feeling, but more notice this, or are you feeling this? Or do you notice this? It's I always like to say it's more of an inquiry question where you give your student a chance to notice what's happening in their body. And so once you have those four types of cues, then the next thing is to organize them. So if we organize them in a framework, it gives us a way to organize our thoughts. And when we go into a class with a way to organize our thoughts, that allows us to spend more of our energy teaching and less of our energy focused inward on organizing our thoughts because we've got a framework. So this literally ties into what we just talked about because rather than going into a class and spending all this time freaking out that you're not sure how to share your cues, which again, leaks your gas, leaks your water out of your cup. Now you're going in and you're organized and you're calm and you have this framework. And so you can just rock and roll and teach that class. Because now as the thoughts are coming, as the cues are coming, they're being funneled through this framework, they come out of your mouth in an organized way, they land on your students, and they just understand what you are asking them to do. 
And so one of the frameworks I love, love, love is all action cues. This is also a great framework for teachers who aren't quite sure of the anatomy yet, because it gives you a fallback that isn't really a fallback. It's really a super powerful way to teach. It just doesn't have you going down these rabbit holes trying to share anatomy-based cues when you're not really sure of the anatomy. And it also avoids you sharing cues that you're not sure of the rationale for, which is a surefire way to cut at your confidence level. So going into your class with a framework in your head, I'm going to teach action cues only, gives you a wonderful way to approach your cueing so that you don't get down this rabbit hole and start to say things that you're not sure of. And it gives your students a great way to learn because you're just teaching them in an action cues format. As you do learn some of the anatomy, one of the other formats you can use is you can share two or three action cues for each posture and then an anatomy cue. And you can do that interspersed with an action cue approach where you're not sharing an anatomy cue for every pose, but maybe every third or maybe every other, or maybe a handful of times throughout the class. Another uh, good format to use or framework to use is to teach from the ground up. Imagine as you're teaching your students, ever, and this works great for standing poses and it can work for other poses too, is to visualize from the bottom to the top and to give them cues in that way, because it's like building a house. So you're building their foundation and that allows the rest of the pose to really blossom in a very um, organized way from their experience. So think about as you go into your classes this week, trying to teach, and I don't wanna say trying, think about as you go into your classes this week, using a framework to teach. You see how energetically even just that sentence shifted. This is where neuro-linguistic programming comes into play. When we really, I'm just taking a sidebar here, when we really examine the words we use, it really can reflect so much more than the literal word choice we just picked. Because when I just said, when you go into class this week, try to blah, 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 to me, that sounds so wishy-washy. And it's like, I'm not asking you to do it because somehow in the back of my mind, I'm afraid that you might not want to do it. And now I'm thinking like in that split second, I caught myself because the word trying is such a weak word. You're doing or you're not doing. There is no trying, right? Isn't that a Buddhist saying there is no try? So I caught myself in that moment. I was like, no, I am here telling them this is what I want you to do. And you know what? You have agency over your own life. If you don't think this is a valuable thing to try, to do, see, I said it again, don't do it. You can decide that for yourself. I'm here sharing and you can make the choice, right? So it's a totally different way that empowers me and allows you to retain your power so you can do whatever you want. So back to what I was saying. So as you go into teaching your classes this week, pick a framework that resonates with you and use that. And then do the exercise we talked about in part one of this episode, where you come home, you pull out your journal, and you are now the seer. You're not yourself. You're a version of yourself that is the seer. And you're going to write down your observations of yourself, both from an experience, experiential perspective, what you're feeling, and literally what you were doing. And see if the ratio shifts. 
See if with using a framework, now you can be there more for your students. Wouldn't that be an absolutely freaking amazing realization? If that is something that you do, if you take me up on this opportunity and you do that exercise and you have a, a shift in the ratio where you have more energy available for your students because you use Q-types and a framework, please let me know. I would love to have you come onto the podcast and share your experience as a teacher with the, with the other teachers listening. I think that'd be so amazing. So with that, I'm going to wrap up today's episode. I want to remind you, if you're listening to this on Monday, the 23rd, or even Tuesday or Wednesday of this week, because Thursday is, uh, is also a session, don't forget the workshop that I'm offering this week is going to absolutely be not only fun, experiential, because we'll be practicing, and then you'll get the anatomy piece. So you can sign up for the workshop on my website, barebonesyoga.com. Go to the events page. You'll see the link is there. So as always, thank you so, so much for listening. I love sharing this information with you. I love hearing from you that you're enjoying the show. Any comments, critiques, feedback, ideas for future episodes, please let me know. I would love to do it. So have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening and namaste. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. Before you go, I want to let you know about a new mini course I just created as of October 2021. It's called the Yoga Anatomy Blueprint Learning Program mini course. It's essentially an introductory version to my signature program that teaches you anatomy so that you grow your confidence in sharing cues and sequences and in all those conversations you have with your students. If you're like some of the yoga teachers I speak to, you might feel as if you don't have the time to do my full program. That's one of the main reasons I created this mini course, which will give you all the same steps in my signature blueprint approach to teaching you anatomy and will allow you to complete it in much less time. There are 10 modules each of about 10 minutes each, and the entire program walks you through mini lessons from the larger program. You'll leave with specific new skills that you can start to use right away. You may also leave with a keen interest in enrolling in the larger program because your curiosity and confidence have been stoked. For you, the podcast listener, I'm offering $5 off the purchase price of the mini program, which is just priced at $27. So the cost will go down to $22 for you. Once you complete the mini course, you'll see in the next step section how to get a $50 credit to put towards the larger program should you decide to invest in that in the future. To purchase the mini program, visit my website at barebonesyoga.com, click the link for online courses and select the mini course link. When you check out before you enter your credit card, enter the code podcast and you will receive the $5 off. I hope you enjoy the program. I hope it stokes your curiosity and builds your confidence. Namaste.